right. Welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com. This is episode number 324, and I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Ash. And we're alone. It's just the two of us. It is. It is. We scared the ladies off already. (laughs) Only took two episodes. That was it. (laughs) She's like, I'm done with those guys. And Scott's still so offended by us that he's not coming back right now. Yes. He still has not figured out the time difference between them. Between the West Coast and the East Coast, we're like Scott. It's 10 p.m. Eastern. He's like, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's exactly what's been happening. It's insane. It is how right that is. We can figure this shit out. Um, anyway, we have a lot of news on this week's show. Uh, we're going to be talking about some Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. Uh, what's going on with Guardians of the Galaxy, the Falcon Winter Soldier television show. We have some tech news from Apple. Um, some stuff from Spotify and from Mirror. And then we have a bunch of reviews. We're going to talk about uh, Daredevil Season 3, spoiler free, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, early impressions of Red Dead Redemption, because I haven't had 125 hours to play through <laughs> it yet. Uh, a little bit of No Man's Sky talk, and uh, perhaps a little bit of talk about what's been going on with the CW and their superhero shows. So yeah. uh, lots of fun stuff this week. A lot of catch up. There's just a lot going on. It's we're getting to that season. I love fall for that reason. Like new TV, new games. Uh movie season always kind of dies down in the fall, which is sort of nice. So you don't have to yeah. worry about new movies coming out, but yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, let's take a quick two minute break and come back with some news. Sounds like a plan. We're back. <laughs> I figured we didn't really need to take a break. <laughs> yeah, we could have just gone right into yeah. it. All right, we are back, and uh, we have a bunch of news. The first is just a, a brief shout-out to uh, the band Grave Danger, the uh, Halloween ska that gave us for last week's episode. Yeah! That was a fun episode, man. I had so awesome. much fun. I had fun actually cutting it together. So if you haven't listened to 323, uh, go back and listen to it. We have some Halloween ska, and, of course, Aaron was on the show. We talked about a lot of horror um, yeah, really, I think one of our, our best Halloween episodes, and we've had a few in the eight years we've been around. So <laughs> yeah, maybe eight. Um, it maybe was a really it. good, a really good themed episode, as you said. When we put a theme yeah. together and we stick to it, pretty fun. Things that we need to do yeah. like a Thanksgiving theme where we talk about <gasps> food. Oh, we should just an all food episode. Yeah, I'm in. Either that or uh, we could do a religious persecution or other Thanksgiving <laughs> themes. <laughs> yeah, let's get real heavy. <laughs> let's go hard on gentrification. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Forced migration. Let's do, we'll just do super heavy Thanksgiving. Smallpox. Uh, yeah. We'll just do all smallpox. <laughs> Can we really do an episode like that? I would love... <laughs> <laughs> like the like horrors of Thanksgiving, the episode. It would... <laughs> All the things we ignore as like a majority white country. Like, oh, it's great. Uh, you just eat turkey and you, you have fun with family. <laughs> like, no, guys, you have it all wrong. Smallpox blankets, <laughs> the murder of Native Americans. Uh, <laughs> terrible things. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> so with that said. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um So the latest news, this is sort of an ongoing saga. Obviously, um, pays attention to this stuff at all, is aware of what's going on with James Gunn. Uh, James Gunn uh, has been fired for statements he made on Twitter, and he's now moving over to... uh, He's moving over to DC to direct or and perhaps direct right. and definitely write, yeah, Suicide Squad 2. Uh, But now, as of now, this week, uh, Guardians... He does it, and the opening of it is like, 
Suicide Squad 1 was just a dream. Ugh. And then we can all be like, oh, yay. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, if anyone can make those characters really be exciting, it's James Gunn. I think he's yeah, sure. he, he's a lot of fun. And <clears throat> the way he sets films up is a lot of fun. So, But uh, the big news is, is that Guardians 3 is now on hold uh, indefinitely, question mark. Yep. Uh I think at this point, interrupter would have to be almost crazy to to want to take that over because it's such it it's has James Gunn all over it, and some of the actors have spoken out and said that they don't want to act in it unless the script is used, and all the all the music choices are already a part of his scripts. I don't know if our listeners know that, but as he writes all his scripts, he actually chooses the songs to cut the yeah. scenes to and puts them in the scripts. So the awesome mix volume three, if that's what it's called is actually a part of the script for guardians three, which was complete. So it would essentially be directing James Gunn's vision. And I yeah. don't know who's crazy enough to do that. It's a hard thing to do. Uh, but to, so to be super clear, the exact words out of Kevin Feige's mouth was just that it's clearly on hold. Like oh. that was all he said. He was okay. just like, Clearly, we have to settle out what's going on here, so we can't make Guardians. Um, the only like minute bit of of reassuredness I would take from that is that Marvel slash Disney is not dumb enough to just hold ahead with like a half built script and like half of the cast. Like some studios, you know, would just be like, "No, we've got to get this movie out. It's slated right. for 2020. It's going to happen regardless of what happens anywhere else around it." And it feels like Marvel's like, hey, clearly we had a mix up and we don't know what we're doing yet. So it's it's on hold and we can't say anything further about it. So I don't know that they'll keep the script. My gut says they will they will axe the entire thing and either they'll not do a Guardians three because let's be clear, they don't have to (laughs) like we all love it and it's a great movie series, but also they could put out anything at this point it seems like and it would be fine <laughs> and right. everybody be super and they may have x-men back on board by the time that guardians 3 would be in talks anyways there's so many directions marvel could pivot um i think that i'm not happy that they fired uh james gunn i think it was maybe a rushed poor decision on disney's part but right. at the same time uh there's a big part of me that would rather them not do anything at all than push out a half-baked Guardians movie. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. I feel both ways. I feel like uh, I obviously am selfish and want to see a Guardians 3, but I want to see James Gunn's Guardians 3. Uh, I love those characters so much, but I could definitely yeah. I could definitely see them in a, like, you know, rename it Cosmic Avengers or something. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, just give and just me, redo the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, Star-Lord and Nebula, and, you know, it doesn't have to be a Guardians film. Just They, they were great Avengers Infinity War, and that wasn't, you know, James Gunn did some some script polish and stuff, but he didn't write that. So, other people can write those characters, and those characters can can you know shine in other in other franchises. So you could see you could see the Russo brothers maybe stepping in and finishing it off if they didn't have a billion other things on their plate that they were also doing. Right. But I I think that like at this point I'm just kind of like I don't know if it's not going to be fully baked, just put it on hold. And yeah, wait, I'm kind of with you there. And there's a lot of people pushing uh, for Taika White uh, Taika to do it. Taika White. Great. He would honestly be great. But yeah, I mean just because Ragnarok was tonally I think the closest that we had to a Guardians film. I've watched um, Ragnarok, I think, more than any other Marvel movie at this point. It's on Netflix. It is now, a too. super fun, easy to watch movie, and I'm like, God, it's such a brilliantly done movie. It so, really is. It really yeah. is. Um, other little tiny bits: uh, Doctor Strange, um, 
2 is now taking the place of Guardians or where Guardians 3 was going to be on the slate. So they're moving ahead with Doctor Strange uh, 2. No title yet, yeah. just Doctor Strange 2, which I think is cool. I think that, you know, I, I liked the first Doctor Strange film quite a bit. The more I watch that film, the more I watch him in Infinity War, I realize like how unlikable of a human he is. Like he's <laughs> yeah. such such a dick. Like it's hard to yeah. really get like not in the same way that Tony Stark's a dick because Tony's a dick too. But but Stephen Strange is just so cocky and just so uh, yeah so unlikable. So uh, but you know his world is really cool, and I'm interested to see what they do with that. So it looks like I, we're gonna yeah. have uh, I'm Spider-Man and then get... Doctor Strange next. I'm interested to see them get past origin story with him and see just what a weird cosmic magic Marvel movie is, you know, cause we haven't really had too much of that at this point. So right. I'm interested to see it. If, if it doesn't like turn the character a little bit to a more fun, likable movie, then I don't know that I, I really care beyond that, but right. <laughs> I mean, he, he had some funny mo- moments in the, in in the Doctor Strange film, but I feel like all the funny was sucked out of him in Infinity War. I mean, granted, Infinity War is not a well, I mean, it has its funny moments, but I don't feel like Doctor Strange really, you know, was very very likable in that movie. At I think all. his funny his funny moments are with the characters. Like his funny moments are with Thor, or well, no, that that was in Ragnarok, wasn't it? His funny moments are with Spider Man, right? And you know, like they're the other character who is being funny. He's just the the wall of like Sirius in front of them or whatever, but right, right. I don't know. It, it, like I said, it'd be interesting. Just the narrative of Doctor Strange is very uh, Doctor Who-ish in the sense that uh, Stephen Strange is not the only person who can be the Sorcerer Supreme. So it's like I think that series could be really interesting and fun and allow them to move through characters and people a little quicker than the rest of them whereas like captain america is kind of always captain america yes the comics recently hit like other people have taken up that mantle but like doctor strange is relatively fluid it, it, there's been three or four i think sorcerers at this point so right i don't know interesting stuff very but cool I agree. the the last little bit is um apparently the cat the actress katherine langford who is the main actress in 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, which is mm-hmm. uh, one of the most depressing shows I've seen in your life, but <laughs> a very great show. I've watched both seasons of that. She's uh, really, really talented, but she apparently has a role in the next Avengers film. They're not saying who she's playing, uh, but it is apparently an important role. So she completed filming her scenes. Uh, everyone's, sort of, you know, all the, the MCU nerds are kind of trying to figure out who she could be. Is she going to be... Um, is she going to be Ant-Man's daughter? Like, no one really knows who she's going yeah. to end up being. But I think this is interesting because, you know, it it leads to the possibility that after this next Avengers film, we could really have a, feasibly an entirely new Avengers team. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the characters could be gone or could be retired. So we could just have a whole a whole new start, which is crazy that, Look, that we've gotten I'm going to say it, though. Like, we need to. Like, we all forget that Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, uh... Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth, these weren't like everyday names for everybody pre Iron pre Marvel movies. Like That's Robert true. Downey was, but pre Iron Man one, he wasn't like in a career resurgence. Like he wasn't oh, yeah. making he was, hundreds of millions of dollars. So like to me, I'm like, yes, we got stuck in this moment where we feel like we want more of the, of the same because we like it right now. But there's a part of me that's just like kind of tired. Needs to see this next kind of cast take over and see what it's going to look like and what it's going to be. I will say along the lines of the Avengers news, there's been a lot of like 
spoiler talk and I know you avoid a lot of it, but there's been a lot of like um, cast news and stuff like that. What I will throw my caveat at it is that it seems like this movie will have a fair share of uh, not callbacks, but um, like reverse in time moments where maybe oh, you think so? people are having memories going on and stuff. I don't know that this is all real time. Like people are coming back. I think we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of like how red skull appeared in Avengers for like, we're going to, or three, whichever one that was, uh, <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Sorry. Uh, yeah. We're going to see some like interesting takes on how people can reappear in the series as opposed to just very straightforward, like this character re showed up, you know, after this right. happened or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like, I kind of hate trying to find out why a character is going to be it or who somebody got cast. I'm kind of like, cool. They're casting somebody and yay, I want to see new people. Like, right, let's see right. what this universe continue. I don't want it to get stale. I don't want to see like a 70 year old Robert Downey Jr. Still plugging along as I, <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it's interesting though. Cause I think if they're, if they're going to stick to their guns and, and, do what they have been doing, keeping the universe all connected. They're likely not going to recast uh, Iron Man. No, I mean, correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they would be crazy to do that. The smart thing would be to do is bring them back in ten years as the Avengers and sell a trillion dollars in tickets. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think it's really but interesting. They can, but following those comic book lines, following that series of how Marvel moves through characters, they don't just recast that role. They literally push it onto a new person entirely like there's a new thor there's a new iron man like this notion of that character is bigger than the singular person that you first knew as that character it's just that the iron man suit is what makes iron man you know and, and right. having one is what makes thor or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like to me i'm like they can do that they just need to start introducing it in a really smooth way and i think it would be really good which i think they're leaning towards i think this is their big let's see what happens when we right. push everybody into the new universe. Kind well, of like you said, I mean, you know, we have the, it, it's going to happen. We're going to have X-Men and fantastic four yeah. and their yeah. rogues gallery added to the mix in the next decade too. So it's going to be a completely, you know, different ball game. Yeah. I There's guarantee, I guarantee I'm going to say it now. The next big, the next big event is going to be X-Men versus uh, X-Men versus Avengers, Avengers in, in I don't, seven or eight I years. I don't, I don't disagree because there's <laughs> no way Marvel, sp- I mean, Disney spends what, $42 billion or whatever on Fox? Right. And isn't singularly eyeing the X Men property as a thing that they're going to bring into their multi, multi billion dollar franchise of Marvel stuff. So, yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Avengers versus X Men is a main content too. You mm-hmm. know, like, there's already groundwork for that. They can already pull from those stories. So, I agree. It's going to yeah. be cool. Uh, so this is a really small piece of news. It's not even news. It's just a thing that I found this week that a friend passed along to me. And it's one of the greatest things in the world. And if we remember, we'll play it in the notes, but we won't. So just hear me now <laughs> and right. then Google it. Uh, there is a Chrome extension called Tabby Cat. Okay. This is very real. And when you open a new tab, it shows you a randomized tab with a randomized name. And add, the more you refresh it and open new tabs... They'll just give you items like a like a little mouse or a little hat you, your cat can wear or like a little cat will show up with a coffee cup. It's kind of ridiculous. It's the cutest animations I've ever seen in my life. And then for a dollar per animal, you can buy a new animal to have show up. You can have a seal or a dog or a penguin. There's all these different animals you can millionaire. buy. <laughs> it's a girl actually, and the animations are phenomenal. 
Uh, I'm only saying this as a heavy recommendation of a thing everyone should Google and add to their add to their Google Chrome extensions because it's brought joy to me and all of my coworkers all week long through depressing crap that's been going on otherwise. Like right now I just opened up a new tab and I have a seal with a birthday hat on and glasses and it says Regal Pluto is his name. I like that So name. Regal Pluto. Uh, let's see the next, next one's Glamorous Casper and it's a ghost <laughs> one. There, it's just, it's also, really truly wonderful. So Look it works up as a band name generator as well. Exactly. Look up the uh, Chrome extension Tabby Cat. I know this seems like a ridiculous news item, but I promise you it'll bring you like three seconds of joy every time you open a new tab in Chrome. It's truly, truly wonderful, and it's absolutely free unless you want to buy a new animal, which I did because for a buck, it's so fun. Who cares? Uh, but uh, Tabby Cat is called, and you can just Google Chrome extension search for it and add it to your Chrome extensions. Very cool. But just do it. I think it's worth it. And I wanted to talk about it because it literally made me happy multiple times this week. That's cool. I like stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That reminds me of like something that used to like in like old versions of Windows, like <laughs> Windows yeah. 3.0, like the little paper clip dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, hey, I liked him. I remember that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You get you get wonderful names. Like every once in a while, I'll just open a new title name. Dr. Beggar. <laughs> Sounds guilty like a, giggles. Guilty. These are just the names of the things that I find. It's also terrible uh, DC villains. <laughs> <laughs> guilty giggles and Doctor Beggar. <laughs> um. Uh, so other quick CU news. Uh, yeah, we have. This is crazy. I couldn't actually believe this. This uh, until I read. I don't it. know what the second half of this is, and I want to know. But the first half, I did read this and thought it was insane. Well, so, uh, so uh, the first thing is that we're obviously getting the Disney streaming service uh, yeah. next year. Uh, it's revealed to be cheaper than Netflix, from what I've read. I don't can't believe that's true, but that's apparently true. But who knows what that means? DC is cheaper than Netflix too. That's so true. Just to be in the in the realm, that could still be eight or nine dollars a month. That's like, true. It could still be a bit. Uh, but we're getting a Falcon and Winter Soldier slash White, yeah. White Wolf, which is his new code name. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's his new so, code name. Yes. I got super excited because White Wolf is who put out Vampire the Master. Oh, you thought it was a White Wolf? I was like, they're doing a White Wolf TV series again? <laughs> because they haven't done that since 1997 when they did a show called Embraced, which was ridiculous and was a vampire show. But. I got crazy excited for sorry, a minute. I was like, sorry. Why is this combined with Falcon and Winter Soldier? But now <laughs> I see what you mean. So yeah. go ahead. Yes. But this is this is crazy. So we're getting a eight to ten episode miniseries uh, with Falcon and Winter Soldier following the events of the next uh, Avengers film, where the two of them team up on some sort of mission or series of adventures. We don't really know yet, but it's going to be one of apparently three uh, miniseries that are coming to the streaming service. There's going to also be a Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries and a Loki slash Asgard one that I've been reading about. Really? Yeah. And it's going to literally be like Sebastian Stan yeah. and Anthony Mackie and wow. Yeah. They're getting all That's of crazy. They're all, all of these extra characters from the, the cinematic universe and bringing them over to the streaming service. Which is wild. So like this, I mean, I love the, the d- dynamic between Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think they have this great yeah. brotherly mutual respect but at the same time you can tell they want to kick the shit out of each other so very lethal weapon you know yeah so yeah. seeing this in this in a series set in the mcu is just crazy and i i'm so excited that we're getting it uh it's you know we're undeserving of like eight hours of those two characters together <laughs> so i think that's great 
what I, I don't love I will admit I don't love Winter Soldier I do love Falcon quite a bit I like how Anthony right. Mackie plays Falcon he was fun the moment he showed up in the first uh, he was in uh, Winter Soldier right the first Captain America not right. Winter Soldier uh, yeah Winter Soldier yeah um, he was so much fun in that movie he was fun in uh, Ant-Man he's been fun like every appearance he's shown oh, he's up great. in Anthony Mackie he, plays him so well he's so lovable right like you can't help but like that was a hard thing I think to do uh, to play against Chris Evans and have them develop like that brotherly bond so quickly, yeah. but they pulled it off so seamlessly like that rivalry they had when they were running and jogging and, and you just really believed that those two would become friends really quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, that really made him really likable. So I also like, this is interesting to me and this little side note is that those two characters are the characters that also play Captain America eventually in the comics. Right? Where is it going to go? Specifically those two. So, like, it's interesting to see if they're, like, weirdly testing the waters to see who likes which character more, you know, kind of thing. Who knows? Who knows what Disney's doing? But I I think uh, I'm absolutely on board for more Falcon. Winter Soldier's fine. Sebastian Stan's a great actor. I just, I haven't loved what they've done kind of at all with with winter soldier very stoic right yeah like almost mechanical yeah but like all of it has been and that's it's very weird to me because he did play bucky with so much fun and spirit and i know that winter soldier is not supposed to be that you know but at the same time like it's just felt sort of soulless to me like it, it hasn't really felt like a like when when they did the reveal of him being white wolf and being out in wakanda with like one arm I felt nothing like right, <laughs> I didn't right. go like, Oh my God. You know what I think they wanted in my heart. It was just like, yeah, okay. Like, cool. <laughs> that guy was out there. Like, yeah. so I don't know. Like I want a little bit more out of him. Whereas Falcon has been so enjoyable and so much fun that, that I think it's really cool. So I think it'd be cool to see. Yeah. That's it. And uh, curious to see what the Loki series is about. Uh, last yeah, I, last I checked, That's Thanos killed him. But, <laughs> But apparently none of that matters. I mean, yeah, like, look, they've clearly already spoiled the fact that something's going to come about right. from 4 because, like, there's shots of the Spider-Man movie and they've already announced the new Black Panther and, like, they're, yeah. now they're talking about Loki stuff. Like, yeah, they've yeah. clearly said, like, look, we're going to get out of this thing. We just don't know how. So we'll have to we'll have to see what they do with it. But yeah, it's good stuff. Know, fun. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about tech now because I don't know about this and I'm actually super sure. excited. So Apple did an event on Halloween, or no, wait, on the day before Halloween, one of the two, Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, they announced a suite of new stuff. There was there was some stuff blatantly absent from their um, announcement for the new iPhone, which was there was no new iPad, the MacBook Air, which has not been upgraded in I think like seven years or six years, was mysteriously missing, uh, and they just really didn't announce much other than the new iPhones, and everybody was kind of wondering what was going on. They announced a new thing on October 30th, I think, or 31st. Basically, what they rolled out was a brand new MacBook Air, uh, upgraded specs. It's got like brand new, you know, uh, uh, Intel i5 eighth generation chips, if you know which generation they're on, all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Retina screen, um, you know, upgraded keyboard, the new touchpad that has the, uh, it's not an actual physical touchpad. It's just got haptic feedback in it, which works really well. If anyone reads it, that actually works really well. I kind of hate the keyboard, but everything else works really well. Uh, retina screen, you know, upgraded graphics, upgrade, everything's upgraded, basically brought up to new generation. Uh, it looks like a really slick MacBook Air. The bad news is it's not cheap. 
Uh, it's eleven fifty starting, Ooh, so one hundred twenty-eight gigs get you eleven fifty. Uh, and then I think if you wanted a reasonable, I think the laptop everybody should go for if they wanted a MacBook Air is the two fifty-six gig with the i five in it, which I think is like it's either twelve fifty or ninety-nine. Okay, uh, so thirteen hundred. Yeah, it's expensive. It's not cheap. Um, I think what they're doing though is fixing. Uh, it also does not have the Touch Bar, which. Let me assure you, thank fucking God, thing is the worst thing ever made. <laughs> I've heard you complain about that my, quite a bit. Oh, my God. I have one on my work laptop. It, it's the literal reason I won't upgrade to a MacBook Pro because it is the worst piece of technology that they've rolled out in I don't know how long. The thing it does carry over from that laptop that uh, is good is that it has a uh, Touch ID thing. So the same thing that you had on your phone, you can use your fingerprint. It lets you sign into your computer. It lets you do Apple Pay, all that kind of stuff. Uh, from the keyboard so it has that it also encrypts your drive and does a few other things which is really nice um so that got announced uh whether it's worth it or not i I would say wait for some reviews i would also say it really is solely up to the fact of whether you want mac os or not now okay so if if you're not married to it you can use windows i would honestly say go get like a really slick dell or go get like a surface or if you want a gaming computer you know upgrade to like razor or asus or whatever yeah, gaming i'm, I'm really loving the, the the predator i mean it's ridiculous and red yeah. and glowy but it's like this is yeah, beautiful it's the laptop of a child but yeah. otherwise oh, yeah. it works really well. <laughs> it totally is <laughs> i love when i bring it to work functions everyone has macbooks and i whip out this like colossal red glowing like it's basically like a, a base bar in it it's like turn <laughs> it's like, <laughs> ready to work like, if I think if you're not looking for a gaming rig, right? Like if you're looking for a laptop that you're going to mostly be doing productivity stuff on, you might be editing some videos or some Photoshop stuff, but you're not like hard gaming or anything like that. Right. Um, my my three things that I would say is if you want to be in Mac, get this new MacBook Air. It looks like a decent laptop with really good specs. If you want to be in Windows, I personally would lean towards the Surface. I think, I think Microsoft knows what they're doing. But the Dells look very nice as well. Um, I'd be hesitant to pick up some of the other ones. I, I don't think they're put together quite as nicely. But anyways, Apple's also rolled out brand new iPad Pros. Two versions. There's an 11-inch and a 12.9. Um, they look fucking gorgeous. They're nearly... They're all screen now. So oh they got rid of the physical button on it. It's doing Face ID just like your iPhone does. Um, it's got all the gestures of your iPhone X now if you've got an X. Uh, but there's no physical button on anymore and no lightning port. They put a USB-C port in it now. So it's got the USB-C. Are they trying to I get actually, rid of lightning stuff? I hope. Yeah. That would be great if everybody could unify on one fucking thing because that would be nice. Right. Uh, I think it's more that they are trying to position this iPad Pro as a laptop replacement. Okay, because the, the USB way to port. Do that, yeah, okay. is to give it a USB port. It also, though, notably, does not have a headphone jack anymore. Ah, oh, so annoying. So if you want the new iPad Pro, uh, you're getting Bluetooth headphones. Now, I will throw in with that, I have AirPods, and I have he- Bluetooth Sony headphones, uh, like over-the-ear Sony headphones. Right. I'm making hand gestures as if everyone on the Audible podcast can hear me <laughs> uh, or see it. Uh, I think Bluetooth headphones are actually pretty great now, and they've come a long, a long, long, long way. AirPods are annoyingly some of the best bluetooth headphones i've ever used in my life other than the fact that they don't 
uh, hold noise in very well. So if you have external external noise, right. like when I go down to the subway, they're useless. Like I can't hear anything coming out of them. Okay. But anywhere else, they're they're fucking really good. Uh, but so no headphone jack, a USB-C port, powerful as shit, can do basically everything you want it to do. I have an iPad Pro that's two generations old. I'm still using it, just everything, and I love it. I think it's one of the best, like, non-phone, non-laptop things I've ever owned in my life. Uh, it does a lot of stuff really well. And the new one looks super gorgeous, and I would be tempted to get it eventually. I probably won't upgrade it because mine's not at all broken. But it also came with a new pencil, which I use for my iPad Pro. The old pencil is pretty great. The new one looks even better. It magnetically clips to the side of your iPad and charges while it's clipped, which is a giant headache with the old one because you had to plug it into a lightning thing, which was annoying. It also has some new gestures. It's shaped like a pencil, so it won't roll off a table when you put it down. These all sound like minor things, but I have the pencil, and it is a nightmare when you because it's round, so you put it down and just rolls yeah, off cool. a table. Well, that's really smart. Uh, so they did a really good job with the new pencil, it looks like. And then they also announced new Mac Minis, um, which were pretty interesting. But these are their kind of like, not entry level necessarily, nor are they like pro-level desktops, but these things have like quad and six-core i7s in them, terabyte drives like they're not shitty computers right. uh i don't know if any of them came with graphics but i feel like they might have but i don't remember um so new mac minis those are priced uh pretty comparably i think they started at like 899 or 999 so you can get a desktop if you've already got a rig and you wanted to add a mac for some reason uh and then they also announced the new macbook well they quietly announced the new macbook pros are getting the new amd graphic cards so you could game on them feasibly oh, and do cool. a lot of audio editing. So just a, kind of a ton of of hardware announcements, which they needed to do, honestly. But if you're in the in the range for a new laptop and you do a lot of productivity stuff and you're looking for something thin and light and travelable, the new MacBook Airs look pretty good. They're not the future of computing by any means, but they are solid laptops. So very cool. That was Apple's announcements. The other quick thing we'll talk about right now, just in case we have people who are listening that have this, if you use Spotify and you have a family account, uh, you should have gotten an email. If you, have, you can basically Google this and you'll find uh, the link to it. But they are just giving out free Google Home Minis. Oh, wow. Like, So if you have a family account for Spotify, you don't have to sign up. You don't have to be a new sign up, anything like that. You just click a link. It verifies that you have a family account. And then it sends you an email saying, like, hey, you can get a new Google Home Mini, and then you just get a free $50 Google Home Mini. So if you've been toying around with having awesome. a smart home or having a Google uh, in-home thing, uh, this is free if you've got Spotify family. So go ahead and do it. Why not? That's super cool. Um, I will say Melissa and I recently plugged our Google Home back in because we have all Alexas running all over the place. And the reason was Alexa can't for the life of me, I don't know why they haven't done this yet, can't answer questions. It's like really legitimately bad at answering questions. Like you'll be like, the other day we were sitting there and what would we ask it? We said, um, oh, we were watching like uh, the World Series or something. And I said, Alexa, who's leading World Series? And then she launched into a three-minute explanation (laughs) of what the World Series was. And I was like, that's not what I was asking. And so then we launched Google's assistant and we were like, hey, Google, you know, who's winning the World Series? And it was like, Boston's winning two games. And like just immediately answered the question without any issue. So if you've never tried one and you have a Spotify family account, I think they're really fun and totally worth it. So go get a free Google Home Mini. They're not the big ones. They're just little tiny ones and they work really well. So 
there you go. If you don't have any of these in your home at all, I would say one. I tell people yeah. all the time, it's like once you have one in your house, it's it changes everything, especially with like a, a kid. I like the fact that I can just play music whenever I want, like yeah. by shouting into the air. It's very very useful. Not even not even just the kid thing. Here's a really without a kid that I will say it does super well, which sounds dumb, which is just timers. Oh yeah. You're cooking food, you're Absolutely. running laundry, all these like different things that you do that you just need like a 30 minute or 40 minute timer, a five minute timer. You just like start a timer, walk away and it'll set off and you're like, Oh God, it's simplified so many things in my life that I would otherwise usually forget about because it right. just does them. Well, and I so. also learned, uh, for ambient sounds and for whatever, whatever you want to do, it has a loop function. So you can have it loop yeah. a particular song and it'll remember what song you want to loop. If you want to like torture your wife with smash mouth, you can be like loop this forever. It and used so- to not have that. Uh, <laughs> and we used to do like white noise on ours and we didn't know the first time we did white noise. This was like years ago with Alexa. We were like, Alexa play white noise. And it was like, would you like forest or, you know, ocean sounds. And we were like ocean sounds. And she was like, okay. So she played ocean sounds for 30 minutes. Right. And it's pretty loud because we're sleeping. We're like going to sleep and there's just ocean sounds playing. And then 30 minutes in, it does that. It's very loud at this point, And we're dead asleep in our room. And it goes, ocean sounds now done play. Like it screamed at us that it was done playing the ocean sounds. And we shot out of bed. We were like, oh, what is geez. happening? And there was just Alexa screaming that uh, it was done playing ocean sounds for us Uh, in the morning. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Technology. (laughs) Exactly. Let's take a quick break and come back with a whole bunch of reviews. Cool. You're listening to the Rated in a podcast at nerdappropriate.com. Do it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we are back uh, with a whole bunch of reviews. The first thing we're going to talk about is a spoiler-free review of uh, Daredevil season three. It finished, I think, in like three days or something ridiculous. Wow, really? Right, yeah, right when it came out. Um, I'm actually all caught up on the the Marvel Netflix uh, uh-huh. shows, which is uh, no small I'm feat. Behind on like, two of them. So well, it's like, it's like you were saying. Which I, bo- I think both were actually pretty solid. Um, both of which are <laughs> gone. Can- they're canceled <laughs> now, so we'll see if they return together, which would, I think would be great. But um, Daredevil Season 3 was definitely in my top, I want to say top three of all of them so far. Okay. Um, Daredevil Season 2, I think, still might be my favorite thus far. Um, and I actually, I don't know what my, maybe Jessica Jones Season 1 might be. Uh-huh. My other Jones one. season one might be, I think, my favorite. Yeah, it's it was, very it was really good. It was really, really yeah. good. Uh, so Daredevil, Daredevil season three, where do I even begin? So it follows the uh, Born Again uh, arc from the comics pretty closely. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read the Born Again arc, it's about Daredevil sort of at his very lowest. Uh, and so this season takes place directly after uh, the events of Defenders. And the thing I liked about Luke Cage and Iron Fist is they both tie into what happens to the city after Daredevil's gone and uh, Iron Fist agrees to take up the mantle of Daredevil as the defender of the city and he goes out and fights crime and that's where Iron Fist season 2 begins which I thought was really cool because uh, Daredevil is is missing. Everyone thinks he's dead. Everyone thinks Matt Murdock and, and Daredevil are gone buried including you know his best friends. So uh, the series picks up 
right there with him uh you know you get to see how he survives the events of the defenders you get to see where he ends up uh sort of a battered and broken man and this is all revealed in the trailer but he decides that he's no longer going to be matt murdoch he's only going to be daredevil from now on because matt murdoch's methods have all failed and now there's only the superhero left and so he's gonna go and uh on his old costume and go back to fighting crime once he's all healed up um the things I will say about this without really spoiling too much is the supporting cast gets just as much screen time as uh, Charlie Cox this time. So we get to see Foggy and Karen Page and uh, Bullseye and Kingpin all with massive, massive roles. Just huge chunks of screen time, huge chunks of story, and all of it's very, very, very interesting. I think arguably this season's just as much about Karen Page as it is about uh, Matt Murdock and Daredevil so if you're a fan of Karen Page uh, at all you get to see her you know go through some really intense stuff this time and she's been through intense stuff in all the shows yeah. I mean, she was in Punisher too she was in Defenders she's in all of these shows but um, you get to really uh, hopefully fall in love with the character quite a bit in this and uh, if you've ever read the, the Born Again arc uh, I will say they do some things that mirror the arc, but then uh, twist it just in the right way that you, you're hoping that they twist it. And I don't want to reveal anything, because if you haven't read the arc, go back and read it. It's probably uh, you know pretty cheap at this point. It's like 20, 30 years old. <laughs> I think I read it I read it in my youth at my friend's house, because he collected it. Old... No, it's not that old, is it? I think it is, man. It's, uh, it's um, let's, let's check it out. Let's, let's go to the Googles on, and see me. what... Night Goob is my uh, is my cat right now. Oh, nice. My tabby. Yeah, if I know what year the Born Again arc was. I'm Daredevil. looking it up. It's got to be the oh early yeah, eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah, eighty nineties. So it's old. It's jeez, thirty thirty year old arc now. Oh, because it was Miller. It was confusing with Bendis's run. That's why. Oh, okay, but um, anyway, it's fantastic, and uh, a lot of the things in that arc, including the relationship between Daredevil and Bullseye, is mirrored in this. Some of the fight sequences are panel for panel the same, which is just great. Um, it does a way of introducing the character of Bullseye in making him um, his power set's kind of ridiculous. Like he he can't miss, which is his it's like a, his ability. Like yeah, and I don't know like if he's supposed to be you know, a superhuman or uh, I know he's not a mutant, but the ability to never miss is a superpower. I mean, it's like normal people yeah. don't have that power. So he has that power in this show and it should be ridiculous. The fact that he can take a pen and bounce it off four walls and stick it in someone's eye should look ridiculous, but they make it really menacing and feel really real and terrifying. So you have this character that, uh, arguably can beat daredevil with thrown objects and so the whole time they're fighting daredevil's trying to get close so he can punch him in the face and bullseye's flipping away and throwing crap at him and it's amazing to watch it's so much fun the two actors have do such a great job and the stunt coordination is you know the best the best ever on any of these shows Mm -hmm. um the other thing, of course, in this season is that uh, Wilson Fisk is back. Uh, the Kingpin is back. He gets a ton of screen time. He also, you know, they delve really deeply, more deeply into his backstory. And um, you get to really see he doesn't really have superpowers, but they do the same thing they do with Misty Knight, where they let you see into the character's head and how they use their logic and their intellect to 
manipulate and to uh, solve problems. So you get to see Kingpin's head during this season to see how he can, you know, use this insane intellect of his to manipulate situations and, you know, get things to go his way. So it's really, really cool to see uh, this, this mathematical brain that he has that he's using for crime, right? That he could use for something else, but he's using it to like be this super villain. And you get to see how he manipulates everybody around him to mm. do exactly what he wants them to do, which is just great. Um, Vincent Zanofrio is of course insane. There are a couple scenes where he gets physical and you actually believe that he will like, you know, punch holes in walls and throw people around. So that's really cool to see. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love, love, love this season. Uh, I heard it's not performing as well as Netflix would have liked, which is weird because Netflix never re- reveals any numbers, but other outlets are saying like, there's ways of tracking social media, Sure. like tweets and talk social media and presence stuff. talk. Yeah. yeah. And it's not getting the buzz that it has in prior seasons. Uh, it really should. Like it's like, I think it's definitely the best acted. Um, there's a lot of really great twists and turns. There's a lot of incredibly emotional, hardcore stuff in it. Fight scenes are great. And like I said, the entire supporting cast is just like the best on TV. Yeah. This is a much bigger talk. And I think that I won't go too far into it, but this is something we've hit up for which is I think Netflix is that it's we've already seen it peak that this is part of the failure of Netflix's model and not the show. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. like there's too much of this stuff and there's too many things coming. Like we're about to talk about another Netflix show right after this. Right. That came we out talked about one last the week. same exact time. Yeah. We talked about one last week. We talked about two, two. last, last yeah, week. Two. Yeah. yeah like, so it's like, it's just that there's there's a lot of this stuff coming out. We get overwhelmed by it, and it's hard to have anything have impact um, as it should or could were we on the old TV model that we used to be on. So it's it's a weird time to talk about, like, well, season three didn't hit, but it's like, well, did it not hit because it's not good, or did it not hit because there's just stuff coming out that there's no way for everybody to track this thing. Right. Um, I will say, I think one of the reasons that you talked about this show that makes me have hope for it is I think Dis- uh, Netflix's Marvel series are at their best when they're focused on the small story of a bad guy and a good guy and not on this, like, world. Like, part of what S.H.I.E.L.D. gets lost in is, like, we're in this crazy big world with super... And it's like, no, when you're really good, it's when you're talking about, like, you know, uh, King and, and Bullseye versus Daredevil and, like... That's an interesting little setup that you can have an A and a B plot. You can have stuff happening, but it's focused and it's tight and it's done really well. And that's why Jessica Jones season one, her versus the Purple Man, is such like. And granted, David Tennant's like brilliant in it. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's such a focused storyline and so impactful, and it, it's able to land in so many ways because of that. And that's where I think, while I actually think Luke Cage season one. I think aesthetically it's probably the best one of the shows as far as um, just like having a look and a feel that's immediate. You know what I mean? Like you immediately know it's Luke Cage when it starts, when you hear it, when you're looking at it, uh, it got lost in it's like multi-character thing and then killing um, uh, Cottonmouth, killing Cottonmouth halfway through the season was such a downer because like, before that moment it was such a great face-off to have luke cage versus cottonmouth it felt good and when they weird pivoted halfway through the season it became weird and not fun kind of less focused um i think that that this is encouraging for me about daredevil to have it i was excited when i heard they introduced bullseye because i was like oh that's like a real villain they could have and like 
and have it be interesting and fun and like you know no spoilers but i hope they don't kill him like at the end because mm-hmm. he's such a constant in daredevil's storyline uh in the comic books he's like he's always around in the comic yeah. books he shows yeah. up constantly that's very true so so yeah hopefully that's really good i'll, to I'll hear, say though. he has uh sure. he has you you learn his origin obviously in this season but his arc is insanely good and you know that character i mean they spend yeah hours and hours of screen time just focused on him so it's yeah. it's it's really cool i mean they really and they did the same thing they did a great job with uh luke cage season two really um explaining the origins of black mariah and the the cast of villains i think they that's one thing that's good about the the 13 13 episodes which yeah. can be good and bad but you get to actually spend time with the villains and learn their motivation if they do it the I right think- way I think one could argue that you could still do that in 10 episodes, you know, like as much as I might have shit on this show early on, like Game of Thrones proves that you can have 1.4 million characters and still have value in a large portion of those characters, you know, like it's not impossible to introduce a lot of people and show real depth and story in them. It's just nuanced and difficult at times, you know? Uh, So I, I don't know. I, I think 13 is still too long. It should be 10 at most, but, right. but you know, whatever. What do cool. I know? I'm not a billionaire TV exec. I, <laughs> I am not either. Um, so anyway, definitely check out daredevil season three. Maybe awesome. we'll do spoiler full in a couple of months yeah. or whenever, when, when Scott and you get around to uh, finish yeah. it up, but I want to hear later. about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. So, so the chilling adventures <laughs> is the new Sabrina, the teenage which uh, on Netflix uh, recast entirely, obviously reset in a new world. The whole thing feels entirely different. And I too will try to spoilers. I'm not all the way through the season. We watched about half of it at this point. Um, my quick, completely spoiler spoilerless review is that uh, I really enjoy it. It's super fun to watch the aesthetic and the setting. Like, immediately interesting and fun uh and i would argue that it's cast super well in the way that it is not cast super obviously if that makes sense like you don't feel like they're just trying to like hit notes of the old show or anything like that it feels like they were just like we're gonna make a super gothic witch show that has some fun and levity but really is like kind of rooted in weird uh got it like aesthetic and we want it to feel that way but we want sabrina to like kind of pop and stick out from that feeling and it it nails that on like every level for me uh, personally it's super fun and i really enjoy what i will couch it in is i've talked to a bunch of friends about it because a lot of us have watched it it is almost an even split on either absolutely loving it or liking it but finding like the dialogue to be clunky like there's like some weird little thing that people have latched onto right. and sometimes it's the writing that the writing feels a little hokey or like clunky or a little too on the nose right well who's who's the target audience though is it is it geared it's toward... uh riverdale fans okay so it's teens yeah. and people in their their yeah this is like a this is a cw show on netflix like, okay almost almost exactly uh but it's a cw show on netflix with the freedom that netflix brings that so okay. there's like weird kind of like you know sexy stuff and then there's weird like horror like satan shit 
going on. And there's some really dark, weird crap that happens in the show that is twisted and odd and different. So it's not made for the like 13 and up huh. Sabrina, the teenage witch audience. It's made for like the 16 and up Sabrina and teenage witch audience. Cool. cool. Uh, I'm actually happy to hear that it's as, as dark as you're saying, I didn't really know yeah. what to think of it. I know it was based on a more recent comic run called the chilling adventures of sabrina yeah um sort of which this... lives in the riverdale world right, right. like yeah. there's like a really popular series uh like a i guess a mini series called jughead the hunger now which is about jughead yeah. when he gets bitten by a werewolf yes that's apparently like does really well and sells a lot of books i'm like what is <laughs> yeah uh, I, I grew it's, up reading it's so archie like, so it's, the it's comic weird. books apparently have created this uh Eisenberg got to write for them for a little bit too he wrote some of the archie stuff but uh, uh that's cool the comic books apparently took this weird like gothic twist and like you know speaking of white wolf kind of world of darkness world where there's witches and werewolves and all that shit and sabrina kind of lives heavily in that world what i will say and this is completely spoiler free is that within 10 minutes of the first episode a woman gets a pair of scissors put through her neck and it's like brutal and oh, okay <laughs> they don't pull punches on what's happening so it is bloody it's weird it's it's like fully in that world of like uh of like uh nine inch nails gothic horror cool. if you will. Well, like I'm, there's glitch super... there's glitch scenes of a devil and stuff like it's just it's very weird and odd but huh. then it's also sort of couched around the story of this teenager's want to be a normal teenager and also be a witch. Like she wants both of those worlds. She oh, doesn't know how to reconcile want, it. That's yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. She doesn't know how to reconcile it. And she's relatively innocent, but fully aware of what she can do kind of thing. Like, so there's this very interesting story around her and kind of what she's doing. Um, you, you know, we can woke police the show a bunch. There's things they could do better that I feel like they'll address with like their people of color characters and, and some of the writing towards women uh, in general. But I think overall though is really fun, really couched in a fun Gothic horror setting. That's not as taxing as like, it's not as taxing as like American horror story, which I've also watched a bunch of, which can either be really fun and interesting to watch, like tedious and tiresome. Mm -hmm. And this feels more on the fun and interesting to watch side of things where you're getting a bunch of weird kind of fun, different things going on. So many different characters kind of popping in and out a lot of really Gothic witch stuff, a lot of blood, a lot of guts, a lot of like humor, um, but not done in a way that is like, too much or cloying i guess for me at least so uh i really enjoyed it i'm super excited to finish out the series and i hope it keeps going which i i have a feeling it will gotten that twitter yeah, heat I, or whatever i heard I heard, uh, I heard it's already season two is already they already renew it yeah that's what i heard so and, it, and they do tie into riverdale very loosely they talk about it which is kind of weirdly funny because it's on cw versus on net like they're on two different networks and right, right. that's not like a world generally live in where two different networks can have referential things to each other but they do mention riverdale they talk about it a little bit i don't know if there will ever actually be a crossover um i did talk to melissa who watched all of riverdale season one and i was like if i like this will i like riverdale and she was like yeah so there you Dude, go i i, I... I stood by that show when it first came out. I know it's like the teeny, the teeny show oh, of, the, of the month, but it is actually pretty, at least season one is a really well-crafted one, show. One could argue that season one of Twin Peaks is a teeny, you yeah. know, soap opera-y show. That's you know, true. So That's true. I, I, I just like, I just like teeny soap operas. <laughs> 
this this sits less on the um, mystery side and more on the gothic horror side. So it's got less of that like uh, mystery thriller feel and more of the like gothic horror feel. So cool. I'm I think in the same sold. world, same kind of setting, and and I would say check it out. It's super fun, and I've enjoyed it so far. So Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I enjoyed it. Sweet. Um, I'm just really briefly spoiler free impressions of the first uh, couple chapters of Red Dead Redemption uh, Two RD. I'll talk about my experience a little too, but I want you to talk about yours first. Okay, so um, I'll start off by saying that uh, this game does not need my understanding. It's already made over seven hundred million dollars in three days, so no one gives a shit what I think about this. However. I will say that the game is uh, one of the, the, the prettiest things I've played in a long time, uh, playing on the Xbox One X. Um, it uh, runs flawlessly. You know, the snow makes a nice little crunchy sound. You can see the tracks in the snow. You know, it, it's it's like... This game's insane. It's I don't super... Even... <laughs> I can't even. Like, I showed... It's so funny. I showed it to my dad because my dad likes Westerns, and he didn't understand that, like, he wasn't watching a movie. He yeah. thought that everything was like that he was looking at video footage. And I was like, no, like this is people drew all this dad. Like this is all CG. <laughs> yeah. I was fucking crazy. You kidding me? This, <laughs> people drew this shit. What the fuck's going on? Um, and so, yeah, I showed him that. And, and you know, we take stuff. By like the that way, for side granted. note, we should bring your dad in to review video games. On oh occasion. my gosh. It'd be amazing. <laughs> he, oh, he'd be here. <laughs> he would actually really like games if he could figure out the controller. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, he he yeah. just wants a steering wheel. He's like, where do you get a driving wheel? I'll play racing games. I'm, like, I'm not buying you a driving wheel. Like, <laughs> like $200. Get him for, I will put in money to get him Forza and a driving wheel. God, he would lose his mind. <laughs> he would never leave the house. He would just play Forza all day long. And eat snacks. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, the game is brilliant. Everything about this, it's so polished. It's so, uh, the world is so fleshed out. Like, without revealing too many spoilers about the intro of the game, you kind of start out as a gang member down on your luck, and you're trying to uh, get the members of the gang back together and uh, get some money back. And that's not really, like, a a big splurt. Um, So you meet the members of the gang. There's a a whole bunch of different people to talk to, all with their own unique backstories and uh, a whole myriad of different things that you can do from hunting to to fishing to, you know, playing cards and the whole, you know, the world is basically living, brushing your horse, chopping wood. That is is true. Uh, I realized that I had to shave in this game and I had not shaved in real life. Come on. I realized Why? that I had no I'm serious. I realized I had to change my clothes to change my clothes and that, you know, uh, maybe they're my... just trying to reinforce good habits for people in general. They're like, "What if you got up and showered?" Yeah. <laughs> I, I took a really awkward bath at a at a brothel where like a woman kept washing me under the water and I was like, "What's happening here? Am I cheating on somebody? I don't know what's going on." Um, but anyway, so that's that you know that's all the mechanics of the game and obviously if you don't know anything about red dead you play as a guy in the wild west and you go on a series of adventures you ride horses around and rob people and do all wild west stuff um uh i will say right now the narrative isn't necessarily hooking me i'm only on maybe halfway through chapter two which i realize is like there's probably eight thousand chapters (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i'm on chapter two so i'm not at a point where the narrative really is supposed to be hooking me um i'm kind of suffering right now through uh some of the woes of any open world game where there's everything is so open 
I don't really know what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to do it. And everything starts to feel slow to me because I'm walking all over the place. And uh, while I'm beautiful, um, I have been to the Great Smokies and I have been to Montana and I've seen them in <laughs> real life yeah. uh, qu- quite a and bit. And they're pretty. They're, they're very pretty. <laughs> they're very pretty. <laughs> but I don't necessarily want to you know, walk around those places <laughs> constantly. So they I took all the good parts of the game, the first game in Mexico, and put them in the new game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's hard because, like I said, I'm not far enough to really formulate uh, a proper opinion on this game. It's yeah. getting, like, played through it. Um, people that got early, early review copies, I heard they got it, like, something like three weeks early so they could play through it. Um, you know, they are giving this game 10 out of 10 because I feel like they've done so much. They've experienced the narrative and they've been a part of this world. Me right now, I feel like an alien slow walking through the Wild West with no fucking clue what I'm supposed to do. And that's just, again, a personal problem that I have with a lot of open world games. I don't, I don't yeah, okay, so that's what I was going to say. I don't know right. that it's a problem. I think it's a problem that we're starting to face in these giant open world games that also try to have a narrative which is just like how how do you tightly weave a narrative we were talking about it with fallout recently not you and i but me and another friend we we're talking about it with fallout recently where like fallout 3 remains feasibly one of the best games i've ever played in my life and right. it's because it's a crazy tight narrative that is just like insanely well put together and well written and then you get to four, which is a super fun game, and like you got super buried in it and played through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the narrative's not bad. I never finished it. Like I mm-hmm. got like three quarters of the way through, or not even probably probably half of the way through, and then just never finished it. The open worldedness of it overwhelmed, and like just never, I just never got all the way through. I think it's a real narrative challenge. I was hoping Red Dead solves it, and maybe it does ultimately for you and for me. Um, but it, I think it's a real problem with these 100 hour or whatever insane amounts of hours you want to say that you can play through all the parts of a game you know right and and, and you're not joking i mean the game has so many systems so uh you're changing your clothes changing your combing your hair changing your hair combing your horse uh hunting skinning like this is all stuff you have to learn how to do more graphic with the skinning too oh they did you totally just you just skin the living shit and like like you really the... literally see skinning the animal now yeah if you're a fan of like animals <laughs> <laughs> this, may, this may not be the game for you um if you're a fan of <laughs> i mean some of our Shout listeners my animal <laughs> yeah, some of our listeners may just fucking hate animals but if you're someone who likes them i would say uh this may not be the game for you because they sure get skinned in graphic ways yeah. um so anyway, I, I'm going to reserve my my final judgment for this. I'm going to give it maybe 10 hours and see how I feel. Um, sure. I have a feeling I'm going to feel better. Uh, I just have to get in there and, and do a bit more. Um, yeah. But uh, right now, I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm having a hard time. Like I think for me, it was that I had three hours to play. A mission sent me to town. In town, I talked to a guy, and the guy's like, go back to camp. I went back to camp, and the guy from camp's like, go back to town. I'm like, motherfuckers, oh, no. I have three hours. <laughs> uh, 
I only have three hours to game, and then I'm going to black out <laughs> every night. Please don't make me go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, it it might have just yeah. been the, the order that I chose to do the missions, sure. but still, it was me going back and forth, back and forth. And one but of them that's... was in a wagon that went two miles per hour, and the wheel fell yeah. off. So it's like... <laughs> But that's you know. part of that overall problem, right? Is that you right. chose the order. So like you're doing this thing that maybe they weren't even intending for you to do right away. You know, like right. it's it's just kind of like, I think it's becoming a, a real, we have two we have two things, which is that like we want these open world games where we get lots of replayability and tons of, tons of time that we can immerse ourselves in a world. But we also need a narrative. And it's like, how do you make a really solid narrative in an open world game? And I don't know that anyone's nailed it yet. Like, there's right. a lot of decent examples of it, but I don't think anybody's really pulled it off. No, I agree. Um, I would say briefly for my, what I was going to say about my take is that, uh, you know this, and, I, and I'm happy to out this because a couple of them actually listen to this podcast, shockingly. Uh, but so wonderful coworkers, and they were all talking about playing Fallout uh, 76. Mm-hmm. And they all have PlayStation, or a majority of them had PlayStations at the time. And I was like, oh, well, you guys all have fun. I'll be playing it on Xbox because I'm not buying a PlayStation right now. Because even though I really want to play Spider-Man, there's just, I don't have enough time in the day to play all of these games. So I'm not going to get a PlayStation at this point. And uh, one of them jokingly said, well, you're having a baby. We should get it for you as your baby gift. And I was like, ha ha, sure. And then sure enough, they all pulled their, a bunch of them pulled their money together and bought me the ps4 pro with the bundled red dead uh game man which is insane it's the 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 nicest most wonderful the the singular reason i've been there for six years they're the nicest most wonderful people i can't name everybody who was on that list like and ryan david uh jenny there was a whole bunch of them they're all super wonderful awesome and i love them all uh so i the funny thing though is that they gave them to me they gave it to me uh the week that i was set up our house for our impending baby. <laughs> so I've had less than zero time to right. play any video game, let alone set up a brand new console. Yeah. So it just sat for four days. And then the other night I was like, I'm hooking this thing up and I hooked it up, plugged it in, put so the other weird thing PlayStation does is when they bundle a game, they don't bundle a code like Xbox does. Have you noticed that? Do you know this? No, I don't know this. They bundle a physical copy of the game. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sure. So I can go in the disc and start playing, nah, it's right? It's got to get patched nope. for two days. Yeah. <laughs> no, not patched. Uh, you've put the data disc in first. It's two Blu-rays to load Red Dead. <laughs> so you put the data disc in first, and that has to install to your machine, okay. which took, I don't know, 174 hours. I'm not even <laughs> sure. It took forever. It ran overnight. I didn't look at it. And then I got up the next day, and I was like, cool the data disc finished loading i'm gonna start playing so i put in the play disc these are literally the titles of the disc so i put in the play disc and it went thanks installing play disc and i was like what is happening (laughs) (laughs) so didn't get to play that it took uh, literal hours i don't know how many exact hours but it took Uh. hours to install red dead before i could even fire it uh i can fire it up now but i haven't had a chance yet so have not gotten to do my when you were like we're both going to talk about red dead i was like i would surely love to <laughs> but it's all good i've been able to start the game i have definitely uh, been there but it sounds amazing and i can brush my my horse for oh hours. yeah you can brush your horse you can <laughs> you can name your horse anything you want and I, I found a horse i named him tony i don't know why but <laughs> tony, tony the horse uh, 
And then I don't know how you do this, but if you want to friend me on or Xbox, I think it is. It's it's yeah. Matt History. I've, I've got Matt History all over the place. Just friend me up on PlayStation, and I'll see what games you're shamefully playing. I don't understand the point of console social networks yet, but they exist, so we might as well well be friends. <laughs> know that we're doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Friend and Matt History. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Red Dead, it's out. You probably own it already. You've probably beaten yeah. it. You probably think my review is terrible. No one there's uh, no way anyone yeah that's true that. um we can kind of well, we can let's get uh the cw talk okay. because i was just briefly going to talk about sort of all the interesting places they're going with these characters doing like crazy crossovers and stuff right well yeah that's in a couple weeks they're doing a yeah. um a crossover with arrow and flash and supergirl i will say this um that the legend of Mar- show has completely gone bonkers in the best way possible so they they introduced supernatural elements and uh the character of constantine is now a member of the team okay. so they're fighting against like demons and all sorts of crazy stuff. but all right in the yes and so the season premiere they travel back in time to woodstock and they um face off against a unicorn who shoots uh hallucinogenic <laughs> goo out of its horn and and <laughs> bleeds blood out of its mouth so you have this weird group of superheroes with john constantine facing off against a a goo shooting uh unicorn and there's there's actual brony jokes in the show i just thought you know what i'm glad cw just said fuck it we're just gonna do we're just gonna do whatever we want so why is dc so good at animation and so ridiculous when it comes to everything else they do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I, the other shows have kind of gone um, extreme in different directions, but I think, you know, Arrow is on like, se- season six or seven. I, so I'm they... so far behind. There's no way I'm ever catching up to Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. 24 episodes that are an hour long season. Yeah. And then like, they're not all valuable. Like, <laughs> you can't write that much genre TV and have it be worthwhile. Right? It's no, there's definitely oh, there's definitely some full you know throwaway chunks for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Really briefly, I think Arrow's in a cool place. Um. He's in jail, so it's like a jail show, which I think is okay. Is cool. So it's like you know yeah. it's it's very different. You know, he's not in his suit. Uh, I just think that it's pretty cool. So that's it's a pretty cool take, and a lot of people that he of course played over the years are in there with him. So it's a cool uh, kind of time capsule, right. which I yeah. think is neat. But let's talk about uh, No Man's Sky. I mean, this isn't an official review. The game's been out for years now. Is it two years or a year and a half? Year plus, yeah, yeah. Um, but when I got my PlayStation, uh, signed into my PlayStation Network ID, which won't even get into how ridiculously difficult that was but got in eventually downloaded their free game which is friday the 13th started installing red dead started installing the 100 gig fallout 76 beta (laughs) beta (laughs) i don't know what's going on in this world but the games are all insanely sized uh and then i was like oh i'll install uh i'll find something you know blah blah i click the store and no man's sky was on sale for like 25 bucks and that's the game that i've always said if it ever went on sale like a big sale i would pick it up and play it especially on a console uh so i got it it installed very quickly and i started playing um have you played it uh no but i watched a lot of streams of it so when it it first came out admittedly so the first two weeks it was out yeah uh, I have heard that my experience right now is nothing like anyone who initially played the game because they added a bunch of stuff to kind of fix some of the dry spells that happen in the game. 
Um, it is a weirdly intriguing but horribly boring game, if that's a, a good review. Uh, it's Alley. It's like very like uh, 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 2001 kind of like weird space. You don't know what's going on. You, you're discovering all this stuff. Uh, but it's very fetch questy. If, if WoW was in space and it removed all of the epic quests and you were just literally moving around collecting teeth and eyeballs for just hours on end <laughs> to like craft things that you don't seemingly need at the end of the day. Um, there's a really live built into it. That's very reminiscent of, um, of, uh, oh shit. The, uh, not FTL, the other FTL like game that came out that we played the living crap out of. Oh, I don't know right now. Um, they just announced a new game that they're coming out with soon too. It's like the two guys, French team. Oh, it's not FTL, but out it's there, the others, out there, out there. Yeah, very, F, very out there in nature, where you're getting these kind of like random garbled messages, and you're learning alien languages while you're traveling around, and you kind of set up a home base on a planet, and you, you know, you're scavenging to like craft all these things and build all this stuff, and just kind of exploring worlds which is super intriguing to me and is a fun mechanic. And they added a mechanic very recently where uh, you can go underwater and explore kind of the depths of the planets as well, which is spookier and got a totally different take on it because of the way you travel through water versus space is a little different. Um, I think the game is super well put together. I feel really bad because I think the game got so overhyped when it was coming out that I can't even possibly imagine how it would ever live up to the thing that they said it would or not that they but the thing that it got built up to be right. Right. um i think as a walking sim space exploration slow uh plotting game it's interesting and kind of different and right. fun and i don't know that i've played anything like it to be dead on it so it's like that part of it i'm really loving uh, and there's something very much in the same like vein that it taps that Forza Horizon taps, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of flying around and enjoying yourself, really exploring kind of the 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 areas that you're in and seeing what's going on. There's that calm, fun notion that you get out of this game. But man, if there aren't parts where you're just like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, why am I doing? This? Like the other day I was on a planet and I was like trying to find iron or something. I don't even remember what I had to mine to like do something that they wanted me to do. Right. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I just want to get in my spaceship and leave. So I got a strip and they're like, you're out of fuel. And I was like, <laughs> fucking uh... Christ. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. What do I need to get fuel? And they're like, you need hydrogen and iron. Or I don't remember what the combination was. And I was like, fine. So I got out. I start mining for like iron with my weird laser mining gun. And like your mining gun ran out of charge. You have to get more <laughs> carbon. And I was like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> Why? I think a lot like, of games, like <laughs> as, as I get older and I have more and more chores every day, I feel yeah. like sometimes games are designed for people that just don't have a lot of chores. <laughs> because like, that sounds a lot like the shit I do. Oh, I need more soap for the goddamn dishes. <laughs> That means I got to get in my car and oh, wait, I don't have enough gas to get to Walgreens. To- so I got to go to 7-Eleven. But wait, Lincoln needs to take like, a shit. 
it's just like, why does the mining gun run out of charge? Like, what is that gaining me in the game to have to charge up my mining gun? Like, I don't need realistic space exploration. I don't, like, that's not what I'm doing for. I just want to explore shit and see stuff, you know? I hear you. And, like, and I'm on the easiest setting, too. I was. They were like, do you want the challenging one? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know me. Give me the easiest thing that I can do in this game. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's just the only reason I want to talk about it is because I find it really interesting and I find it very fun in a different way. But I also find it super tedious and it's weird. I feel like that's what's going to happen with Red Dead with me as well, which is I will find the narrative interesting and I'm letting fun, but I will find 90 percent of the bullshit around it tedious and things that I don't want to do, you know, right, right. And there's like just a weird part of me that wants games to come out and be like, hey, you're going to spend 60 bucks on me or 80 bucks or whatever it is. Uh, and that's cool. We're going to let you say what you actually want out of this game. And then we'll give you that experience. <laughs> like yeah. if I'm like, I just want a narrative that I can play through and I don't want to die. They could be like, cool. No worries. <laughs> like you won't die. And we're yeah. going to let you move through there. You know, that's like, cool. I know that I think the, that's the what I'm Tomb wanting. Raider, the new Tomb Raider does let you change the difficulty settings on like combat, puzzle solving, uh, exploration. So you can really tweak it to, to how you want to play it. And I think that's a yeah. really good idea future. Like if you want it to be more arcadey, granted, this is like really challenging for development because you'd have to develop yes, like, all these different absolutely. sliders and shit. Yeah. But, yes. um, I think it's great though, because I mean, I think a lot of people would agree with you. They would they would like a more fast paced No Man's Sky, where maybe you need two elements to get your ship up yeah. and running. You know, you need like rock A and goo B, and then you could go fly around until you run out and need more. So, and I think it's just one of those things where it's like, and I understand, and I don't begrudge anyone the hundred hour Red Dead experience where they're brushing their horse every three seconds and they're, you know, picking up horse shit and they're taking a bath and they're, you know, cooking dinner for their wife, you know, like whatever it is, like, that's fine. If that's what, if that's what you want to play as, but like, it's just, we've talked about it before and it's always been kind of my voice. I feel like on this show is that I have like the worst feeling that, that I'm the player that's getting lost over time with where gaming's heading, which is like, I like a narrative. I'm fine playing a 12 hour narrative and then being like, well, that game was fun. And then never touching it again. I rarely replay games. I love tight narratives. I love like, and there are times where I love Forza Horizon where I just want to drive around in a car and enjoy myself. And No Man's Sky could be that if there were no challenge. Like if it was just like, yeah, fly around every once in a while, you have to avoid some drones and otherwise you're just going to explore some shit and enjoy yourself. Like, I'd probably really like that experience, but then like getting sh- horseshoed or forced into the of, like survivability or whatever it might be, whatever, like the side quests that you can take and all this stuff is just where I kind of drop off, you know? And I think it's maybe if we, if we even went to like Andromeda, that's like where I fell off where I was just like, Oh, I come to this game because I really love the narrative and I love the setting and like a big world like that. I could, I, could totally see being super fun and interesting to people just for me i just want to play the narrative and i don't know how to get through it because i don't know what storyline i'm following or what thing i'm supposed to be doing you know and like if you keep these interesting things that's cool and all but i just don't know like it's just distracting for me at a certain point and i lose credit i lose track and i don't play anymore so i think there's a lot of people with you there um you know we are seeing for a while everything was open world and we're seeing a little bit less of them now 
mainly I think because they're very, very expensive and they require yes. the work of a whole lot Absolutely. of people, but also because I think for a while we had so many that it, there was just a lot of fatigue. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and for good reason, you know, that's why you're seeing Ubisoft only putting out an Assassin's Creed every two years as opposed to every year, because it's like, yeah. how can you build something that huge that's actually, well, not I think they proved to... you can't, you right. know, like it right. will suffer in quality over time. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, so uh, I'm actually, you know, it kind of makes me want to play No Man's Sky a little bit more. Um, I've been kind of waiting till it was on sale as well, but there's just so many, so many games it's, and shows and stuff. I mean, for me, 25 bucks on PlayStation, I thought was a worthwhile deal. So I picked it up. Uh, supposedly you can multi, this is how little I know about the game. Supposedly you can multiplay it with <laughs> other friends. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, you can do network play and like explore worlds with friends and stuff. Uh, I haven't done that yet. A friend of mine, David, was talking about doing it. If you pick up the game, I would probably do it with you as well. Cool. Um, but uh, it is really fun and intriguing. I do want to say that like, I have three times now turned it on and played it specifically over playing Zelda, over playing Forza. So it's like it's I've weirdly attracted to it. And some of it, I think, is just noon. But right. Um, right. But but yeah, I don't know. I think it I think it's a interesting proposition at 20, 30 bucks. It's less of one for me at 60, 70. Uh, I would want some kind of story that I could play through, which I doesn't provide. So. Uh, but it's interesting if you if you got it and the water if you already played No Man's Sky and you did enjoy it, the addition of the underwater uh, worlds being opened up is interesting and kind of fun. So it's worth revisiting if it was free too. It's just included in the game. So cool. Uh, worth worth again if you played it before. But yeah, that's my non-review of just kind of like I got a game because none of the other games were installed yet on my PlayStation and it was on sale, <laughs> and I thought I, oh, I'll talk about it. It's the only thing I played this week. So. It's all right. I haven't played a whole lot, so yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, I think that that about does it for that's it. Yeah, for episode three hundred and twenty-four of the Rated NA podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Nerd Appropriate. Uh, you can email us directly, nerds at nerdappropriate dot com. If you have any questions or comments, or if you like any of the stuff that we talked about in this episode, uh, we have a Facebook page, which is slash Nerd Appropriate on Facebook. Um, I was looking today, I tweeted this out earlier, but I was looking at some of our analytics, which I never, ever, ever do, but I just was looking at <laughs> some, and it says that 13% of our listeners are in Japan. And I was like, oh, hello, well, hello. So, <laughs> so if you're listening in Japan, hello, uh, thank <laughs> you for you. listening. We had no idea anybody in Japan listened to the show. Write us. Say yeah, hi. Say hi, please. Uh, 30% is actually much higher than I thought it would be. Yeah, we're super so, nice. We'll say hi back. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> give us a reason to go visit Japan. We'll go. Yeah. We'll, we'll go out there. I'm dying to go. I want to so, go so bad. Yeah. So hello, Japan. Uh, we'll be back next with a new show. BlizzCon is the next uh, two or three days. Oh, so boy. we're going to be talking a little about some Overwatch, Matt. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> some Hearthstone, some Overwatch, some, some good Actually, old Actually, I would Warcraft. spin Hearthstone back up if something super different. If announce anything like super fun in it, I'll spin Hearthstone back up. I'm, I'm with you there. I miss it, but not enough to, to play right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. We will see you guys next week. Bye.